Thank you once again for joining us. We pray that you were blessed. Click on the other episodes to continue on this journey with us. Don't forget to share and follow this podcast. God bless you. Every knee will bow down. Every tongue confess and say, will bow down and every time and say yeah. hallelujah every knee will bow every knee will bow every tongue confess and say to him. Somebody lifts up your mouth and bless the name of the Lord. 
Yande, you are worthy, you are worthy, Lord, you are worthy, Lord. Masande ni babos, rekebe matabande leberebos, rabataba sande rebosi. We honor you, Jesus. We honor you, mighty God. Yes, receive all glory. Even in this sanctuary, O God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise the Lord, somebody. Give a mighty hand unto Jesus. Hallelujah. We give God all praise and honor for another day that he has made. And has given us the privilege to rejoice and be glad in it. I want to welcome those of you that are watching us from home. This is PRWC Worcester, where the Spirit of the Lord reigns. We pray that even as we listen to the Word of the Lord and sit under His feet to be taught, our lives will be edified and we will move from one level of grace to the other, even in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you're visiting with us for the first time, we want to take this opportunity to welcome you. This is home, and therefore, welcome home. Feel free. And just enjoy the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So the past couple of weeks, we have been trying to delve and break down the fruit of the Spirit. And we kind of made a ream of truth that that is a mark of spiritual maturity. In other words, if a person... When we put on the scale of spirituality, the measure of that person's growth, the substance thereof, will be found in how much fruit are evident in that person's life. And we did mention the fact that the Holy Spirit that indwells us is the one that cultivates this fruit. In other words, his purpose is to continually, day in, day out, mold us, shape us to become just like Christ, because that is the purpose of God concerning us, that those he called must first be conformed to the image of his son, Christ Jesus, so he will become the firstborn amongst many brethren. So last week we were blessed to do love, joy, and peace. And I'm sure that the Spirit of the Lord would have spoken to your spirit and gotten your life onto another level of grace where you are now being filled with so much love, so much joy, and his peace that transcends all understanding. Hallelujah. Somebody put your hand on your heart and say, I got love, I got love, I got love. Or put it on and say, I have joy in my heart. And the peace of the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. So today we want to go to the next three. So we want to tackle them in threes by God's grace. Um, and then we'll bring it home, God willing, as to how to allow ourselves or the Spirit of God to cultivate these fruit and how to manifest it properly even in our Christian journey. So turn with me to our theme scripture, Galatians chapter 5, reading from verse 22 to 25. Galatians 5, 22 to 25. 
from the New King James Version, the Bible says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's, those who belong to Christ, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And therefore, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So the big amen to that. So this morning, we want to do the next three, which is long-suffering, kindness, and goodness. Long-suffering, kindness, and goodness. Every time I... <laughs> Come across long suffering. It brings back memories way back in Florida. We had a awesome Sunday school teacher from uh, Barbados, I believe, and uh, I think we were doing similar teachings like this. Oh, I was an elder at that time, presiding elder. Oh, elder, I love all the elements of the fruit, but as for this long suffering thing, <laughs> I hate to suffer. Oh, hallelujah! And that's human nature. We are built not to enjoy, so to speak, suffering, pain, hardship, trials, tribulations, disappointments, failures. That's not what we typically lift our hands and say, praise the Lord too. Except the person who has the spirit of the Lord indwelling them. And that spirit causes us to develop, cultivate, begin to manifest, begin to demonstrate certain characteristics that are of Christ. And so though we are in the midst of hardship, we are able to stay there until God has his will done concerning our lives. This morning, if you are in some trial and tribulation, even as we learned last week, that the peace and the joy of the Lord is our strength, and that peace transcends all understanding, we pray that that element of the fruit will engulf you so that you'll be able to stay in there until God shows himself worthy, even in that particular situation. If you believe that, say a big amen. That songwriter says that I wouldn't have known how powerful and mighty this God is if I had not gone through that trial, that tribulation, that hardship. In other words, in those moments, in those challenges, God shows himself more powerful more awesome. He reveals more of himself to us in every circumstance that we go through, even with our journey and walk with him. So what is long? Suffering. Other scriptures or other versions will say patience, and others will say forbearance. How many college students who have student loans do we have in the house? Just lift your hands, lift your hands. What if I said I was going to pay your student loans for you? You would have lifted it very high. Lift it up. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you have student loans, you may be familiar with the term forbearance. How many of us remember that? Forbearance. That is when, you know, you just graduated and you haven't situated a job yet. You're still kind of figuring out how to live by yourself. And you're looking at a $1,000 a month student loan like, man. How am I going to be able to pay this? So you call the loan company, 
Fannie Mae and Sully Mae and Net Nail, Nets and what have you, and say, hey guys, I'm, I'm struggling here. And then they say, okay, well, we can put you on forbearance until you are able to kind of sort yourself out. Uh, some of the times they would just add some credit to it, right? I mean, interest. In other words, well, it's still going to accrue interest. If you are blessed and fortunate and you are refinancing sometimes, depending on the loan, Pell Grant, or what's the other one, Stafford loan, they will say, oh, well, we can just freeze the interest rate for you. But forbearance means we have overlooked. We intentionally, willingly are ignoring what you owe us and what your responsibilities should be every month by paying us $1,000 every month. But by grace, <laughs> we would overlook that and then help you find some time to pick that dream job and be able to situate yourself. That in the context of student loan is forbearance. In the spiritual sense, what he is saying is we're trying to exercise patience with you. And though we may suffer in terms of incurring loss, because if you were paying every month, we would be making more money. But though we will be incurring loss, we are long suffering with you. Ignoring what should have been your responsibility. I'll switch your mind back off student loans and let's concentrate on ourselves. Bible says in Colossians 1, 10 to 11. Colossians chapter 1, verse 10 and 11. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, and being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. And check verse 11 out. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Oh, hallelujah. Now, when, when, if you were to break this down, you, you can break it down so many facets of it, that that itself will be a sermon. Paul talking about the Christian journey, the Christian life, the expectation of a person that has the Spirit of God indwelling him, that you will be strengthened with all might according to what his glorious power. What's that glorious power? The power of the Holy Spirit that indwells us. And what is it going to do? It's going to get you patience. It's going to get you what? Long-suffering. And then he qualifies it with joy. Oh, I pray, hallelujah, that this morning God will grant us patience. God will grant us long suffering. And then as we have patience and we suffer long, we would also be joyous. It makes no sense, does it? Except the spirit of God that indwells us, causes us, molds us, change our mindset, shapes our focus and perspective to life. That we don't see things half empty, we see it half full. And so though we are going through, you know, ah, my redeemer lives. Faithful is the one who has begun a good work in my life. If he has brought me this far, he's going to take me all the way. Meanwhile, you are long suffering, but with joy. Somebody receive that. Receive that. 
Many of you, you are long suffering in a relationship. About to give up. The Spirit of the Lord says, yes, you can do it. In just a few weeks, months, I'm about to turn things around. All I need you to do is have patience. Have patience. So we can therefore say that long suffering is to possess the ability to exercise, and I put here, relentless patience. Relentless patience. It's amazing that this whole week, the Youth and Penn National have their conference, Relentless 21. I'm talking about thriving on a high dimension of our call with Christ Jesus or in Christ Jesus. Patience, relentless patience. You don't easily give up. You are not easily provoked. You are not easily agitated with what you are going through, though you have every course to react accordingly. The spirit in you has molded you in such a way that you don't act in that manner. You exercise restraint. You're not quick to act or react. You make thoughtful, prayerful decisions as opposed to hasty decisions. Some of us, we don't even pray 10 minutes about anything. We jump on it. Some of us, the slightest challenge we go through, we want out of it. But this morning, the word of God says, that's not you. You, you are shaped differently. You are molded differently. You are expected to react differently. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord indwells you. Indwells you. And he is shaping us, molding us to cultivate a habit that causes us to suffer long. Suffer long. Let's look at long suffering demonstrated by God. Because everything that we're talking about in the fruit of the spirit is us, God, is through Christ Jesus. And we being molded to conform to that same image. So if Christ is asking us to be people who are bearing the fruit of long suffering, then it must be that he himself and the father also suffer long. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The long-suffering as demonstrated by God himself. Peter says, the Lord is not slack. At the verse it says, slow. Concerning his promise, as some count slackness. When you're going through some tough times and you prayed and you fasted and you've gone through 21 days and uh, you've made all the proclamations and the confessions according to the word of God and things are not still happening, there is always a tendency that the enemy will come knocking on your door and says, huh, perhaps God hasn't heard you. Perhaps you did X, Y, Z. Perhaps you're not in right standing with God. Or worst case scenario, your God is too slow to act. I bet you many of us have even thought about that in different diverse times in our lives. Habakkuk would say, but Lord, how long? And God would say, well, the vision is set for an appointed time. Though it will tarry, it will surely come to pass. Somebody, your promise seemed to have taken so long. 
But this morning the Lord says, though it tarries, it may seem as if it's crawling. Sometimes it may seem as if it's taking a detour. Some of us, it may seem as if you stopped at a red light and you stopped at a red light and it's not turning green forever. Have you experienced that before? You're like, there's something wrong with this. And everybody keeps going. Shoop, shoop, shoop. And you are still standing there because you're a law-abiding citizen. You don't want to also cross a red light. And so it seems as though God is tarrying. Ah, but this morning his word says, though it tarries, it will surely come to pass. All he's doing in you is working and building and cultivating a spirit of long suffering. So that you can come here and testify truly and say, oh my God, sister, yours is just a heartbeat away. Because I waited upon the Lord and he has shown himself faithful. Long suffering. As though others call slackness, but long-suffering is towards us, not willing that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. This is talking about in regards to saving the unsaved. There's a secular saying that says the good people don't live long, <laughs> and then the bad folks keep living longer. And for whatever reason, keep doing bad, right? Oh, you've said some before. Come on. You know? I remember <laughs> I had a son who would call me, and he's, he's a musician. And every convention he's there, he's carrying the instruments. He's carrying the, all this stuff. And he's waiting for his immigration stuff to go through. And he's been waiting and waiting, and nothing seems to happen. And then... All the other guys that he hangs around with, in his judgment, you know, are less <laughs> serviceable, so to speak, than he is. So he calls us, oh, Pastor, look at the way I carry all these instruments. Look at the way I am always there. You call him there. And then this, he mentions the other guy's name. Last week he got his green card. How long would God turn his eyes towards me? And I said, God is building you long-suffering. God is building you long-suffering. So that you wouldn't get it so quick and go and just wave it in people's face. Hey, I also have a green card. I also have a green card. But then you have a different mindset. Is, ah, this is to the glory of the Lord. Amen. And but by grace, where would we have been? Long-suffering. And so in this case, God says, No. I'm not slow, I'm not slack to pronounce judgment and do what I said I would do to the wicked. But I'm just buying them time. So that they will come to the saving knowledge of my son Jesus Christ. I'm not slow at all. It's called long-suffering. So God himself exercises long-suffering. Even towards us. See how many times he's warned you and then gave you visions and spoken through others to you and says, That thing, that thing, the thing that you are doing, stop. And we still keep at it. And sometimes we think, well, since God hasn't acted and reacted, maybe it's cool. No, he's just exercising long suffering. I pray that you don't take that advantage and keep doing what you're doing when God has been talking to you for many, 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 many years. Open up and don't grieve the spirit that indwells you. Oh, even in the name of Jesus. 
When you read the 14 to 15 verse of that same scripture, it says, Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to find or to be found by him in peace, without spot and blameless. 15. And consider that long suffering of our Lord is salvation. Look at that. It's salvation. He can't stand wicked people just perishing. As a matter of fact, I believe that is the reason why he's tarried to this time. So that some of us will be brought in. Can you imagine if Jesus had come in Paul's time? Like he said, I'm going, I'll be back. And then in two weeks he came back. <laughs> Long suffering. Last scripture there in God demonstrating long suffering. Romans 3.23. Very popular scripture, right? What does Romans 3.23 says? For all have sinned. Shall we all say together? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Flip to 24. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Some of you are not confessing the word of God. Now verse 15. Pop it up for me. I mean sorry. Uh, 25. And 26, are you there in 25 and 26? There we go. Whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood. Through what? Faith. What is that thing supposed to do? To demonstrate his righteousness because of his forbearance. God had passed over the sins that were previously. Hey, God has given us some credit. Student loan forbearance. Sin forbearance. Because you can't pay for it. Right now you can't. Except when you come into relationship with my son. And therefore in his forbearance. He brought Jesus. If he had reacted right away. We would have all been consumed. But he waited. Ignored. Turned his face away. Even from his own son, because the whole world's sin was upon him. So that through that long suffering, through that patience, through that forbearance, you and I would also be saved. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody lift your hands and say, I thank you, Jesus. Say it with some passion, I thank you, Jesus. That is what he's done for us. And so now he's saying because of that and that spirit that was in me and acting and working in me is the same spirit that is in you. Therefore, you and I should also demonstrate long suffering. See, the thing is the real test of patience and long suffering is not how long you wait, but how you act while waiting. Let me repeat that. So it's not a matter of time and how long you wait, but how you behave and act and react while waiting. James 1, 2 to 4. I think we read that also last week because they are all interconnected. The Bible says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Say what, pastor? Count it all joy. When you fall into various trials. Verse 3. Knowing that a testing of your faith produces what? 
patience. Some of us, God is testing, molding, cultivating the spirit of patience. He is. Because you are too impatient. You are too spontaneous. You are too quick to jump into reactions and actions. Haste in your decision making. Quick to pass judgment. Quick to quit. I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like this. I don't like it. I'm done. I'm done. But that's not you. Because you, the spirit of God himself dwells in you. And that spirit has long suffering. So it is his desire that he produces in us patience. And then four says, but let patience have its perfect work. In other words, patience causes something to be worked in us. See, the way you were always talk fast, blah, blah, blah. God is putting you through some grill. And now if you even open your mouth to say one sentence, the next one will come 10 minutes later. It's working in us. Working in us. And what happens at the end of the day? That you may be perfected, complete, lacking what? Nothing. This morning, may you have the spirit of patience. Have the spirit of patience. That little thing that your wife or your husband told you last night, you are just so flipped over. Flipped beyond measure. We can't even turn you back. Have patience. You're listening to me at home. You are about to quit something. The Lord says, have patience. Because you are a child of God with the spirit of God indwelling you. You see, as powerful as the Holy Spirit is, have you realized that he's not just chaotic and so, you know, spontaneous? Anyhow. Patience. That's why it says, don't grieve him. Don't quench him. Boy, if I were the Holy Spirit, I would just put some gun on your head and say, if you don't do this, I'm going to shoot you. But he's patient. Watches us and we flip all over the place, jump and blaspheme and to do all these things. He says, oh, they will come back. Oh, they will come back. Patience. Exercise. Patience. Let the Spirit build in you. Let's look at a few things in long suffering here. And I'm spending more time on here because that's where the Spirit of the Lord wants me to hit most. So stay with me still in long suffering. Long suffering is love on trial. Put it on your note somewhere. Long suffering is love on trial. It enables one to forbear, to forgive and also to serve others. Why? Because love for that person, for that job, for that ministry, for God, for that fellow man is on trial. So though the person pushes you to the brim, you still stick with it. Because your love for that person is on trial. Colossians 3, 12, 13. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved. Look at how he's describing us. The elect of God, special people who are holy and beloved. 
put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, and meekness. And look at the third one there, long suffering. And why do we have to do that? Verse 13, bearing with who? One another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you also do what? Must do. Look at your sister brother next to you. Look at them. Look at them. Look at them. They may be someone you haven't spoken to them before, but say, hey, how are you? Hello. 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 Tell him or her what your name is. My name is Calbedu. Yes. The reason I'm making you do that is perhaps in just the next minute, he or she may step on your toe big time. Oh, hallelujah. Can we shout hallelujah? He or she may step on your toe big time. And if this spirit of long-suffering, patience, forbearance is not activated in you, oh, says, bro, you will step back ten times. You step back ten times. And you would rather be asking. And he didn't even say, I'm sorry. <laughs> Somebody says, can you imagine? <laughs> Pastor, the way he stepped on my toe. And then he had the nerve to kind of walk majestically away. He didn't even say sorry. And I was the one that was picking him up to church every Sunday. And now, Pastor, you said I should go pick him up again. Yes, yes. Yes, bro. Because for you, you possess a spirit of long suffering. Patience. Patience. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> this morning, Prasadna called me with something, and I said, Elder, I'm going to preach. Don't tempt me. <laughs> True? <laughs> oh, Lord, mercy. <laughs> ah, glory to the Lord. Check Ephesians 4, 1, 2, quickly. We, we're going through this. This is Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. He says, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. This is Paul. I'm in prison, and I just want you to know, just in case you forgot. I am the prisoner of the Lord. I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love. This is a man in jail for no criminal thing except the fact that he's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Has every right to blaspheme and complaint and be angry within his spirit. And say people don't care. People are ungrateful and people are this and people are that and pastor didn't do this and elder didn't do X, Y, Z. He's in jail. Right into his fellow brothers in Ephesus and say, you know what? You have a special calling upon your life. You have been chosen, prepared uniquely. Therefore, make sure you walk worthy according to your calling. In all lowliness, gentleness, and with long suffering, bearing with one another in love. Look at your brother in Ephesus. From this day forward, I'm going to bear with you. He didn't hear you. She didn't hear you. Sis, bro, from this day forward, 
I am going to bear with you. I know you still got some work on you to do, but I'm still going to bear with you. Yeah. Oh, shout a big amen. Yeah, that's also better. Somebody says, tell your neighbor, please bear with me. Please bear with me. Please bear with me. I, I'm still in the works. Yeah, I'm still in the works. Please bear with me. If not, everybody in this family is going to be your enemy. You can't deal and walk and have relationship with nobody. Because every single one of us will step on your toe. We are close, aren't we? So the chances of me robbing myself on you is pretty high. The chance of me doing some attitude that you just detest is pretty high. But bear with me. The Spirit is still working on me. Bear with that brother, that sister. The Spirit of God is still working on her. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Long-suffering, typified in ministry. As I was going through this, the person that came to mind is you, Elder Boema, Sofu Boema. Second Timothy 4, 2-5. This is Timothy receiving from Paul. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. Why is Paul saying this? Teach, preach as a minister, as an elder, as a brother, as a colleague on campus. Teach the word. Keep pushing it. Tell that sister how much Jesus loves her and the grace that is made abundant for her. Sometimes you need to convince. Sometimes you need to rebuke. Sometimes you need to exhort. But do that with all long-suffering and teaching. Why? Because the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Hello? Oh, your high is weak. Hello? Mm-hmm. So it's as if Paul is telling young pastor Timothy, you know what? There are some of Jesus' gospel message that people will say, oh, boring, boring. Come on, man. This, really? Oh, come on. Pastor, come on. Get real, man. I still teach. Still preach. Whether they are jumping and says, praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Preach on pastor. Or they are just, hmm. Still preach. So I'll preach and teach as long as a sound doctrine. But he says, do that with long suffering. Because if you're not careful, sometimes you'll be like, oh, they didn't even say amen to the thing I said. Did they really hear what Jesus or God is telling them? And then you'd be running around trying to find some phrases and catchy stuff to get people excited. Seems like I'm preaching to you on your send-off. But that is what the Lord taught me to my spirit. Preach it. In season and out of season with long suffering. Because once you put that seed there, you have planted a good seed. Ah, and that spirit that indwells that will begin to start cultivating. Cultivating. And you know what? As you keep preaching, as you keep teaching, you are watering. You are watering. You are emphasizing. That is what I say. Because there will be time where they will think that doctrine and teaching is mm, obsolete. In our dispensation, oh, come on, pastor, really? We are in 2021, man. 
But it says, do that with long-suffering, patience, perseverance. Hmm. May the Lord grant us grace. Oh, hallelujah. Verse 5 says, but you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. Endure hardship. Endure hardship. There are times where it feels like, really? But God, you didn't tell me this was part of it. I didn't sign up for this. Well, it's, it's part of it. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. People may hate you. Young brothers and sisters in the house. Your friends may want to jilt you. They may want to just unfriend you. Some may block you. It's okay. As long as you have the chance, still keep preaching the same gospel. Still keep encouraging them. Still keep telling them how much Jesus loves them and wants them to come to his saving knowledge. In times where you feel very rejected, all my friends don't talk to me anymore, Pastor. Why? Because I told them I'm a Christian. That's okay. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. I want you to hear you say a big amen to that. Kindness, and it will run through these two quickly. Kindness. Kindness is the demonstration of immense compassion towards another. Look at that adjective there, immense compassion towards another. It's a fruit of the spirit. There's some people, sometimes it's amazing, you look and say, is the same spirit that lives in all of us in this person? Because you can't find a oomph of kindness in them. Hmm? But how is that going to take place? Except you allow that spirit that is always ready to cultivate that fruit in you. He's already here. He's there. He's not coming tomorrow. He's here. All he's saying is, just listen to me, son. Listen to me, daughter. I'm cultivating in you this fruit of kindness so that you will show immense compassion for others. It takes your mind from being self-seated and self-centered to people-centered. People are in trouble. They are in pain. They are in hustle. You, you can't stand. You feel so iffy. You can't wait to help. Even whether you have it or not. Because the spirit is activating in you. You've already cultivated that spirit of kindness. So it says, come on, go help that sister. Come on, go help that brother. And you're scrambling. Lord, where do I find help? Where can I? Kindness. Amen's compassion. The Bible talks about the fact that when Jesus sees multitudes and sees people, he had compassion for them. Even though they rejected him, even though they said, come on, man, this carpenter's son, now he's saying he's, what, son of God? Didn't we see him carry the chairs with his father at the marketplace in downtown Worcester? Yes. All of a sudden, he says, I'm a son of God, and he's talking big and all that. Yet, when he saw their lowly state, he had compassion for them. Healing the sick. Breaking chains. And in the grand scheme of things, we filthy sinners 
having compassion and drawing us closer to him. Oh, hallelujah. It is a quality of being generous, considerate, and caring. Be generous. Some of us, we are too armed strong. Oh, hello. I hope you touch a good place in your heart. You're too stingy. Listen, let me challenge you because I did this when I was in Springfield. And listen carefully because that is your gateway to blessing. When the Lord blesses you and graces you and gives you the opportunity to be able to go to the grocery store, Walmart, and you're able to do some grocery, one of these days, grab two carts. Take your wife or husband or kid, let him pull the other cart for you. You take one cereal box, put it in this cart. Take another cereal box, put it in the other cart. Listen to me, people, church. I'm teaching you some big time ways to bless them. And after you've done, you've done two groceries within the means that God has given you. And then ask God, which amongst these family members, which amongst people at your workplace, your campuses, whatever, is in need of this blessing? And that day, surprise that brother or sister with that second load of grocery. And I bet you, I said what? I bet you, according to the word of God, you would see such an immense blessing. I'm not talking riches per se, but I said what? Blessing. Somebody try that. You may be here, you have not given a dime to anybody ever. Are you a child of God? And the spirit of kindness lives in you. Activate it. Put it to work. Even right now, as I speak, don't you come to church and you see some brothers and sisters and by the mere look at the countenance, you realize that things aren't right? What have you done about it? Kindness. Immense compassion for people that are struggling and are in need. Going the extra mile to offer help. When we do that, we demonstrate what? Kindness. And that is in a form of help as opposed to hurt. Ephesians 4.32 says, And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, Forgiving one another even as Christ forgave you. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted. 2 Samuel 9.1 talks about a story of Ephibosheth. You may have heard that story many times. Ephibosheth. <laughs> the Lord has ascended and exalted David's horn. He is now the king. After all the trials and tribulations and Saul and sometimes kind of acting like he's a crazy man just to escape the wrath of Saul. Now he's king. It's only rational that he just makes sure that he kills and conquers all his enemies and just complete desolate. Sitting in his palace, I'm sure being fed a king's meal. And instead of thinking of anything else, David says, ah, 
Isn't there anybody in Saul's household that I can show kindness? Church, listen to me. This is a man who has been troubled, chased, sought after to be killed by Saul. And now the Lord has completely taken Saul of the picture. He is now the boss. And he couldn't find anything to worry about, think about, talk about. Except, isn't there anybody in Saul, my enemy's house, so that I may show kindness? And then he qualifies it by saying, for Jonathan's sake. I wish that somebody would say, isn't there somebody in my enemy's house that I can show kindness for Christ's sake? For Christ's sake. And the sister brother sitting next to you is not your enemy. So for us, it's even easier to show kindness. If somebody is showing kindness to his enemies for a man's sake, for Jonathan's sake, then it should be way easier for us to show our brother's kindness for Christ's sake. Much easier. Low ball, easier. Except we allow this spirit to cultivate in us the spirit of kindness, we will not be able to do that. How many of you gave your elders a gift last Christmas? How many of you gave your leaders something, a card, this Father's Day, Mother's Day? Let it sink into your spirit. How many of you were expecting some act of kindness? Give it back, and you will receive it too. This is practical Christian living, church. So when somebody is outside and he comes in in this family, he says, oh boy, I, I just want to be here. Don't want to go anywhere. I feel the presence of God in this house. Not because we are so charismatic and audacious and blowing in big tongues, though those are very important, but because the fruit of the Spirit is so much abundant in this house. Kindness. Kindness. Can I show him kindness? Lord Deba is a place of desolation, wilderness. But David was able to bring this, and on top of it, the guy was also crippled. Bring him into the palace. May the Lord grant you that grace. Even in the name of Jesus. As I speak, I pray that God will reveal to you, sister, brother, there's this sister, there's this brother, there's this elder, there's this deacon, there's this child, there's this youth, that I need you to show kindness. And obey without hesitation. Do it. And see what God is about to turn in your life. Some of you, your blessing is a kindness away from you. And repeat that. You have always had the mentality of receive, 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 receive. I'm this poor, so everybody needs to come in. This morning, change that mindset and says, Lord, you've blessed me too much. That I also need to show an act of kindness to somebody. And when you do that, you know what you've done? You've confessed into your blessing. So you are not in a state of, oh, I'm this poor, receptive person. But I'm this rich, giving person. And as you speak and confess according to the word of God, it will surely come to pass. 
Speaking to somebody this morning, show kindness. For many, that's your gate to your blocked blessing. Lastly, goodness. And then we'll wrap this up. Goodness. Our sister was leading worship today. And the spirit just overwhelmed her heart. She says, I don't even know what to say, but this God is good. This God is good. And I'm sitting here, I'm looking at her, I'm like, man, <laughs> what's my complaint? Seriously, what's my complaint? If this little, little child can stand here with all that she's going through and all that she's experiencing at her age, young as she is, is able to proclaim and say, in spite of it all, this God is good. Gee, do I even have a right to say anything else except, yes, he's really good. The point I'm making here is the innate nature of God is goodness. Goodness. He can't help himself except to be good because that's who he is. And so if he, the father, gives birth to us, then boy, the DNA of goodness is in you. Except you haven't recognized that yet. But this morning, as the Holy Spirit teaches us, know that goodness is a fruit that is cultivated, born, produced by the Holy Spirit. Psalm 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Taste and see. This morning I pray that God will cause you to taste of his goodness. In the name of Jesus, every bitter pill be turned into the sweetness aroma that comes from the goodness of God. That's you. Psalm 119, 68. You are good and do good. Ah, what a God. You are good and you do good. Therefore, teach us your statutes. Teach us how to be good. James 1.17, popular scripture. Every good and perfect gift is from where? Above. And comes down from the Father of light with him, with whom there is no shadow or variation of turning. It's good. And if we are his children, if his spirit indwells us, then we have no choice but to manifest goodness. 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 Look at Acts 10.38. Popular scripture. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what? With what, church? Oh, you're not here with me. How God anointed Jesus with what? How many of us believe that we've been anointed by the Holy Spirit? Just lift your hands and say, I confess. I know that I am the anointed of the Holy Spirit. Know also that it's the same spirit that was in Christ that is in us. And so, if God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with that same Holy Spirit and with power. And the result of that is he went about what? Doing good. And healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. What goodness have you done this week? What goodness have I done today? But I am the anointed of the Holy Spirit, am I? Amen. Therefore, I need to 
demonstrate goodness. Show forth goodness. Show forth goodness. Goodness is godliness put into practice. That's another definition. Godliness, the likeness of God put into practice. And it comes as a result of knowing who this good God is. Even as we wrap up, goodness is a strong desire to maintain a life of truth and righteousness and an equal desire to detest evil. So one aspect of it is showing goodness as in a form of manifestation of kindness. But the other part of goodness is your strong desire to detest evil because by your very nature, you are good. You are good. Romans 12, 9 says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor or detest what is evil and cling to what is what? Good. Somebody detest what is evil and embrace what is good. Because that is who you are. The goodness of God manifested. The goodness of God manifested. Jesus was telling the disciples and by virtue of that us in Luke 6 20 says, says that I say that you should hear love your enemies do good to those who even hate you. Do good to those who hate you. And I'll conclude with Galatians 6.10 even as we get ourselves ready to pray. Galatians chapter 6, verses 6 to 10. He is good. The Lord is good. Mm, he is good and his mercies shall endure. Oh, he is good. My Lord is good. He is good and his mercies shall endure. Galatians 6 6. Let him who is taught the word share. In all good things with him who teaches. Oh, hallelujah. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Interpretation. As you receive teachings, counsel, advice, prayers, directions from people, share the benefits of those things with that person. Shout a big amen to that. Amen. I pray that that sinks in well into your spirit so that your lifestyle and attitude will change from this day forward. Walk into the mission house and say, Father, I'm here to bless you. Walk into the presiding elders house and say, President, we know you have so much on your hands, but I'm here to bless you. Walk into the dicknesses and the Dickens who are working here with no pay. Zip. See, these young folks who are still in college and giving all their talents to serve. He says, you know what? We appreciate you. And today I'm taking you for a lunch. Amen. It's part of us. Should be part of us. 
Because that's who we are. Goodness. And then he goes on to make a profound statement. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, what does he do? He shall reap. For he who sows to his flesh, will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit, will of the spirit reap what? Everlasting life. Let us not grow weary while doing good. Sister, don't get tired in doing good. Brother, don't get tired in doing good. Look at your neighbor, give him a hair, five, five, and say, hey, don't get tired in doing good. Don't get tired in doing good. For in due season, oh, I said in due season, one more time, in the appropriate time, we shall what? Reap. If we do not lose heart. But pastor, I've given and I've given. I've given. I this and then nothing's happening. Listen, bro. It's just a heartbeat away. And because you are an embodiment of goodness, it's second nature. You don't get tired in doing good. And he says, in due time, whatever you have sown, you will reap abundantly. I know a member in this church who doesn't work, struggling. But every Sunday, oh my God, sometimes I feel so embarrassed. He comes to some man and says, I have this fruit. I have this basket. I'm like, ah, how, how, how? We should be giving this woman some support. So it goes to prove the fact that it's not when you are abundantly blessed. Because you are already blessed. You are blessed. But as you give and do more good, guess what? God is elevating you. God says, oh boy, my daughter is now grown. He's matured enough to be able to carry this measure of blessing. Because now he or she can give, do good, show kindness. And we will reap if we don't lose heart. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, verse 10, let us do good to who? All. Let us do good to? All, and then he qualifies it, especially to those who are in the household of faith. That's your brother sitting next to you. That's your sister sitting next to you. That's these young ones standing in my back. That's the IT folks working, running up and down. That's the elders praying in the middle of the night without you knowing, snoring and having dreams, and they're interceding for you. That's the women's ministry leader who is always running around like your head is cut off, helping you with every single occasion of your wedding and your blessings and your funerals. Show goodness. Because you are sowing into your life. I pray that that will be your portion. Because when you do that, as David said, surely, ah, goodness and mercy would what? Follow me. Today, all the days of my life. Be on your feet. Be on your feet. Be on your feet. You are good. The Lord is good. He is good and his mercy shall endure. Oh, he is good. 
our prayer father if we are so impulsive if we are quick to act and react if we easily give up and want to quit if we murmur and complain all the time and we don't see your goodness even in the midst of trials and tribulations we are praying for the fruit of long suffering patience for your word says that we should allow patience to have his work. Mold us so that we will be complete, perfect, without lacking anything. Therefore, we lift up a prayer. In every circumstance you find yourself in your marriage, 
in your relationship with other people, even in serving the Lord. Some of you, you are just about to throw your hands in the air. Pastor, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. May the Spirit of God produce long-suffering, patience, forbearance, because He's working in you something. Lift up your mouth and begin to pray. Somebody. God gave me blessed consolation that my trials come only to make me strong. Through it all, through, through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. To depend upon his word. Just place your hand on your heart, somebody. Just place it right there. Place it right there. He's working on you, working on you, working on you. Balabo Sanderebre Kabataba. Rukaba Sindelebe. Cause us to depend and trust on you. Rebotasi handerebos. To trust in God through it all, yeah. Through it all. I've learned to depend upon His word. The word of God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. You are in the waters, I am with you. 
You are in a fire. I am right there with you. All I'm doing in your trials and tribulations, I'm working that fruit of patience and forbearance. We pray for the fortitude to be able to endure. You may be going through some difficult times right now, but we are praying for grace to be able to endure so that the trial, the tribulation, will begin to do and complete the purpose for which God allowed it to come. So that at the end of it all, his name will be glorified. Lift your mouth and begin to pray once again. building faith that's why you're going through what you go if you haven't done anything wrong you're still the child of God the ability to endure maybe somebody's pushing right now in the name of Jesus hmm. move in our midst Holy Spirit we're lifting up a prayer combining kindness and goodness together you are good and you are kind for that matter, your seed resides in us. Cause us to emulate, manifest that fruit of kindness, that fruit of goodness. He said we should bear with one another. We should have brotherly affection and kindness with one another. We should be good to all men, especially those in the household of faith. Help us, oh God. To emulate, to manifest, to emit kindness and goodness. Lift up your mouth and begin to pray, somebody. In the name of 
to you. Hmm. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Rod, staff, comfort me. Prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Mm, surely, surely, surely Goodness and mercy Shall follow me All the days of my life Goodness and mercy Shall follow all my children All the days of their lives Goodness and mercy Would engulf my whole entire household Because you are with me And because you are good you are good. We pray for the goodness of God to engulf us. Even in the midst of evil days and times and circumstances, the goodness of God overshadows. Goodness is light. Evil is darkness. And scripture says, and the light overshadows darkness. And darkness cannot comprehend the power and might of light. Goodness. May it fill your household. May it fill your very being. May it follow your family, your children. Wherever you go, may the goodness of God be seen. As you hold hands with your brother, we are praying that this spirit of God will cause goodness to emit the aura of goodness wherever we go. Lift up your mouth and begin to pray. Pray, 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 pray. You're my brother, you are my sister, 
Take me by the hand Together we will work Till the end There's no hope that can defeat us As long as we are Side by side As long as there is love You're my brother Give a mighty hand to Jesus. Give a mighty hand to Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you once again for joining us. We pray that you were blessed. Click on the other episodes to continue on this journey with us. Don't forget to share and follow this podcast. God bless you.